Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to episode 12 of Pocket Thoughts. We've got another longer episode for you guys today. We've been getting pretty excited for our topics recently, and we hope you guys have been enjoying that and really taking in what we're saying. The first question we have for today is, who is your role model in life slash business? How do you go about finding that role model? Our second question is, what is your major non-negotiable? And the third and final question we talk about today is when or how do you decide when it is time for you to quit from a given topic, hobby, opportunity, relationship, literally anything in life that you've been working on. We go deep into that topic and it leads us into what we will be talking about for our next episode, which is our five-year plan. Thank you as always for listening and don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Connect with us on LinkedIn for more content. Enjoy the rest of your week. thoughts i'm brandon we got bobby we got brady and we got joey sorry joey you're last but you're sitting next to me so that's how it goes we've got a great episode for you guys today lots of good questions hopefully we can get through them all who is your role model in life slash business how do you go about finding that role model my role model i don't have one shocking are you your own role model no there's people i respect in the industry but none of them are really my role models in the sense because I don't really have the time to spend like looking at a lot of people's content or looking at a lot of people's lives to actually, I don't know, look at anyone as a role model. I just don't. I guess I have mentors. I have mentors that I look up to. But for some reason, just there's not one single person that comes to my head when it comes to a role model. And you don't consider any of your mentors your role model? Not really. I think of them more as just friends. I think if you would have asked me this question like four years ago, I probably would have looked at a lot of my mentors as role models. I would have wanted to mimic their lives in a sense or mimic what they do in the business world. But nowadays I interact with them so much and just talk to them so freely like I do to you guys. They're pretty much just buds that I look at even though they might be running half a billion dollar or billion dollar companies, for some reason, I still look at them like they're on the same level as me just because we have the same conversations. Follow up then. How do you define role models then? Yeah, I guess that's probably what I would need to know. I look at a role model, someone that I would try to mimic in a sense, or they're living a life superior to mine that I would eventually strive to, I don't know, basically apply the lifestyle to my own. If I was forced to have a role model, I guess my role model would be my dad. But beyond that, I, I can't say I really have one. What's your different definition between mentor and role model? Just so we're clear, the definition of role model is a person who serves as an example of the values, attitudes, and behaviors that you would like to see. This is the second week in a row you've come in clutch being the dictionary guy. Well, no, I mean, it's good. Webster here. Yeah. Because when, when you're distinguishing between yeah. mentor and that, I, I think that's... I think it's important as well. I'm just yeah. curious what Bobby's definition is. Of a mentor? But the difference between a mentor and a role model, if you don't have a role model, then. 
a mentor now for me, it's not the normal definition of mentor, but a mentor now is just a close friend that happens to be further along in their business journey. Is it still someone you want to learn from and try to learn their traits and stuff like that and kind of implement their processes for something or their lifestyle is something like that? I guess my mentor relationships have kind of changed now. So for example, I sat down with one of my mentors today, Tim Copel. He was the president and CEO of Schwann's. Now I basically just sit down with them and say, here are my three questions about what I'm working on. Have any opinions on it? I might take some of your advice. I might not. I just want to get a second, a second idea of which direction I should go in. It doesn't really have to do with like their life anymore. It's more like, here's the problem we're having structurally within the company. How would you personally solve it? Or we're launching a demo site. How would you push it to execs? Stuff of that nature. Now my mentorship thing isn't as like broad. It's more very specific questions that my mentors are able to give advice on, but it's just their opinions. And that's how they basically describe them now because my questions are so specific that they can't give me like real hardcore answers that I should follow or else I could make a mistake. Because I will take their opinions and I will apply them to my life, but I also don't want to mimic anyone. Because I just believe, at least a lot of my mentors now that are in their 40s and 50s, I don't want to mimic them anymore because I listen to what they say and it's brilliant, but it's also 30 years older than what I see. Like Basically, they're 30 years behind what I see in the market. In my personal opinion, where I'm headed is surviving and winning through social media, through different direct marketing strategies, and they imagine they still see things as like direct mailers and stuff like that. But it works for them because that's how their companies were built. But they have a lot of advice on like personalities and HR kind of stuff, R&D stuff that basically applies to me still. Yeah, I guess I just don't want to mimic anyone. And so that's why I see like a I see a role model as someone that I would essentially want to mimic. And that's yeah. why I don't really think I, I truly have one in my mind, which I'm sure after you guys give answers, I'm going to change my opinion. Well, I was going to say, just thinking for you, like, and I think the definition of it is, could be different or however you want to look at it. But like in my mind and from the stuff that I see from you, like it looks like you have based a lot of the stuff you do off of Gary Vee. Is that correct? Yeah. Or not? That's right? true. Like, and it's not that you, you like, I wish my life was theirs, but like, no, oh, I, I agree. These couple of traits. And so I, I think you're right in the sense of, I wasn't thinking of it so much and I don't know if we should, but maybe people do. This is a good point. I think Joey brought up a really good point of the difference between those two, because I didn't really think of a role model as like, I want to mimic them and have their life or like be them, but like people that you can, I don't know, learn from that you can catch skills from, even if it's one or two. But I think that's an interesting point that I honestly didn't really think about until you started talking about this. Because it is two different, vastly different things of I want to mimic this person versus what you, whatever you consider role model, I guess. Yeah. Who is yours? Honestly, like, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Like, in life, mine would be my grandparents on my dad's side. It's kind of like similar to you saying your dad. Like, just like the traits that you see, that sort of thing. I don't think I have like a single role model, but I have a lot of different people that I see things that I 
pull traits from, pull ideas from. I think you make a really good point in the fact of you should never be like looking at someone and saying like, I wish I have what they had, you know, especially like when you're getting to a point and like even ultra successful people, like you can find things and say like, oh, I like this about them, but like not that. And there's a reason that you are the person that you are. And I actually brought it up kind of for that reason of it shouldn't be just like, I want to be X or I wish I had X. But like, you can still draw on traits, draw on characteristics, learn from people without saying like, God, I wish I had what they have. For me, it's my manager who I have right now. He's in his, he seems like one of the few guys, not few guys, but he has his head on straight and he's pretty high up in the company for his age, I would say. And he's just been on the right path the whole time. So he's kind of someone that I want to follow in that path. And like you were saying, like, I don't, I want to follow in that path, but I kind of want to do it differently and not just like mimic him and do the exact same things but I think the way he's done it so far has been pretty good I didn't necessarily like choose him out of the blue one day I'm like oh my gosh like it's him but I think (laughs) I don't know I got placed with him last year and like just being with him I think I've improved at the company a little more and I have like more of an understanding of the path that you can take to get higher up I mean I can ask him questions anytime and he's very open to helping out and wanting to see me succeed. I tried to drive away from the dad thing, but I couldn't. <laughs> my dad for sure is my role model. And I, I tried to think specifically why. And I mean, a lot of reasons why, but I'd say the major one is the, and this is more of just personal, but the way he treats everyone with respect, you know, no, no matter what, level they're at no matter what social class they're at he treats everyone with the utmost respect and it actually kind of frustrates me sometimes because it's it's so he's being like sometimes he's too nice i'm like dad just stop just stop stop talking but yeah i i extremely respect him for the way he can respect anyone and whatever level they're at and it's it's really impressive the question that i had for this week for you guys was what is your one major non-negotiable? Something that either has to happen, something you have to have, something that has to be done, um, whether that is in business or something you can't give up, um, whether that's in business, life, or whatever it may be. For example, I was going to say, like, I need to get 30 minutes of exercise a day. Like, that's non-negotiable. That needs to happen or else, like, my whole day is thrown off or blah, blah, blah. That's, I mean, you can go yes. whichever way you want, but that's kind of where, that's an example of where I was thinking. I have a couple of non-negotiables and I believe they probably will change once I have kids because my priorities and my non-negotiables will change and I won't be able to live without seeing my children. But for the moment, strangely, if I don't work for 80 to 90 hours a week, my week is just a shit show. I'm not productive. I like fall apart at the seams. A perfect example would be on Monday, my lovely wife and I, we went out to dinner to celebrate her birthday, but we decided that we were going to go to Minneapolis at six o'clock. And the, the fact that I knew I had to be done with work at five pretty much just destroyed my day. I got to one o'clock and I didn't even know what projects to start because I knew I had a hard like cut line at five. So at one o'clock, I just like quit, went home. 
because I, I just mentally couldn't figure out what the heck I needed to do or what I could commit myself to. My biggest thing now every day is I can say I have projects and no matter how long it takes to get them done, I know I will get them done by the end of the day. So the fact that I couldn't commit to anything and say I'd get it done, it just like crippled me. So that's, that's one thing. But the opposite thing is non-negotiable. I need to go on a vacation every two to three months. I know that's very lucky, but like if I'm working those types of hours, I can see and feel at the end of every two months or two and a half months that I'm just dying internally. I'm hitting weeks where every day it just becomes worse and worse. I start to feel like crap. I don't take care of myself, super tired. I'm just, I can't deal with like the challenges nearly as well, where I get a challenge and I'll just freak out. So like, I legitimately need that 10 days quarterly for me to reboot and be the best me I can be. So those are my two. And I tried to go without both of them at one point. So like, Last year is a perfect example. When I first got married, I spent a lot more time at the house and I was super depressed or run down or disappointed in myself five out of the seven days because I wasn't nearly as productive as I could have been at home. And when we went six months without going on a trip, I know this sounds super like, oh, good for you. Like it doesn't need to be a fancy trip. You just, I just need to leave. But when we went six months, I swear, I just, I was exploding all the time. I was getting angry all the time and it just wasn't right. So now I understand what my non-negotiables are. For me, it would be communication with family and friends. When I drive home, like I want to call someone and talk to someone and just see how everything's going. Like if I don't do that, like I just feel weird. So like I'll probably call my mom like three or four times a week. If I don't call my mom, I'll randomly call Brady and hear about his car <laughs> and Forrest, when Joe's not on vacation, like coming home and talking to him. And then when he's out of town, I just kind of sit here and I'm like, huh, this apartment's pretty big. And <laughs> so then I'll like text like one of my friends or something. Like, I just like, I just feel like I need to reach out to people and talk to them or else it just like, it fades away. And it just doesn't feel like the same, like you're not as close anymore. And it's kind of gotten that way with some people, but I think it's kind of just keeping that daily communication or just some kind of communication up where you're still maintaining that relationship and trying to stay as close as you can. Mine's also kind of changed a little bit over time, but right now mine is like an hour of me time in the morning, regardless of what that is. Like I need an hour to like, Joey, yours is working out. Mine used to be working out, but now it's like, meditation, just having time to like get my stuff ready for the day. And when I can know no matter what that I have nothing else going on and put everything else aside, like no emails, no anything else, no checking my phone, just like an hour in the morning to like breakfast ready, get myself ready for the day, get my mindset ready. Um, whether that's workout, it's always meditate, but it's some other combination of, of other things, whether it's making my food for the day or newspaper or whatever. But it's just taking that hour before the day starts because I think a lot of people just get out of bed and just start going right away. Like first thing they do is check their phone. First thing they do is check their emails. And I did do that for a while and I just like mentally put me in the wrong place. So now like my non-negotiable is every time. And this is even like when I was on spring break or when I'm on trips with people, this is the same thing. Like I need to get out of the house, like go for like an hour walk, like just get my mind right for the day and just have that hour to myself right when I wake up. Whether that means if I know everybody's getting up at seven, I can get up at six. 
Um, here it's just, I know when I need to be in the office. So I know I have to get up an hour and a half before that to have the time to get ready and um, prepare myself for the day. But otherwise I just feel like I'm rushing and I feel like I'm behind on things regardless on if I am or not. Um, it's just like more of a, a mental block for me. So having that time setting, setting aside that time, um, every single morning is kind of what helps keep me kind of on track and, and doing what I need to do. What do you do for meditation if you do it every morning? I do it every morning. I use the Headspace app. So that's like, obviously, I think it's probably the simplest way to do it. They have like 10 or like, I think they have five minute meditations. I do 10 minute guided meditation. So like when I get out of bed, the first thing I do is I literally like turn my lights on and then I grab my phone and I just like set it on my uh, desk. And the first thing I do like within 30 seconds of waking up is meditation and I always like hated that concept or like, I didn't hate it. I just, it, it didn't really work for me because it like slowed my, my down my day. But me, it gives me like 10 minutes to just like everything's out of the picture. You don't have to think about anything. And it sets my mind right for the day. Um, I used to do it before bed at night and it helps me sleep, but I like it better in the morning now. But I just use Headspace. I mean, there's a, a million apps for it and you can do it without an app too. But for me, I, I like if I don't have someone's like voice over the meditation, this is probably not good. But if I don't have someone's voice like tracking it, I get lost in my own thoughts for 10 minutes and I don't like get the full effect of it. But when I'm listening to someone else just saying, even if it's not like what I should think about, it's just focus on breathing, like clearing your mind, that sort of thing. That's what I need because otherwise I sit there and I just like run through everything that I have to do for the day. So that's why Headspace works for me. What kind of results do you get? Does it alleviate stress? What is it? What do you think it does for you? It just like, and there's not like a good, good way to put this. So like, I'm sure it has stuff with stress. I don't really think of it as like a stress reliever for me. It just like centers everything I'm going to do. Like when I get out of meditation, like I feel clear headed, I can think straighter. Like a lot of times what I used to do is like, I used exercise for that to like clear my head, go do stuff. I can do like 10 minutes of meditation, come out. I'm thinking way like super clearly all the lists that I have in my head are like, I know what I need to prioritize. I know what I have to do. I don't feel stressed. I feel like I'm like ahead of the day because I've already like in my head, I had the time to get rid of any of the, like, if you want to call them like stressors or like thoughts for the day. And it just helps me like align everything that I have to do, even though I'm not consciously thinking about it. When I come out of it, it just, like everything I do is centered and it's aligned. And I like, I don't, I don't know. I I'm sure there's like plenty of benefits for it. Maybe there's not, but me just mentally, it's weird, like rejuvenated and centered. I've like, I think the last, I don't know what my streak is at now, but I think it's like 72 or 73 straight days. So like, it's one of my things that I just like, I will not uh, skip regardless of the day or, or what's going on just cause it's, it's been that Im impactful for me. So yeah, the reason I bring up this question is because I'm in the process of finding what my non-negotiables are. It's a pretty important thing, and I don't think I have them solidified yet. I mean, I would like to say my non-negotiables are working out every day, but I haven't done that, so therefore it's not really a non-negotiable. <laughs> um, I would like it to be, but that, that this is really not then. So I've been trying just different things and trying working out, trying... I tried meditation for a little bit, and then I just... I did it for probably about two weeks straight. I really liked it. And then something happened where I just got off of it for a couple of days and then I never got back on. It's one of those things and um, tried that. I'm in search of it. So I'm kind of taking everything you guys say and digesting and hopefully find a better answer and hopefully helping our listeners too. Go on vacation. 
<laughs> I did that. Yeah, we just got back. <laughs> yeah, but a real vacation. That was yeah. a vacation. I went to Hawaii. Okay, that, that was a real vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, how is that not a real vacation? I, I thought we were talking, talking about, about Arizona. Yeah. No, I wish what my vacations are then. That's funny. Well, Brady, you said you need a vacation. I do. I do. I think. I. I mean. I think that's a huge one. But well, um, I'm curious. So you, I know it's not one of our questions, but can can you tell us about your burnout? Oh yeah, I was just telling. I was telling Bobby the other day that I was just. <laughs> I am feeling so burnt out right now, and it's weird because like I like what I'm doing, and I know what I like. I like working the hours that I work. But just like this this past week, I, I don't know if it was like Monday that I texted you sometime this week, I think. But I was just like, I just hit a wall and I was just like, holy shit, like I need to just get away from this and like take a second. Because like for the last, I don't know, three, four months, it's been like start work between like 630 and seven. And then I'm working until between 10 and midnight every night. And I like doing that. But I think it's just like needing a break, needing to get away from things. Cause even the thing is, this is the first time ever that even like over Christmas and Thanksgiving, I was working the whole time. So like even in school, you get that like week break or whatever. And if you do have to do some work, it's like minimal, but like I worked every single like Christmas day, I worked for four hours. Thanksgiving, I worked for three and a half hours because I wanted to, and because I like doing that, but I think it's, it's kind of caught up to me. So I'm like just feeling a mega burnout right now. And I just texted Bobby and I was like, I need to take a vacation. And I don't know if that's going to help because like each day I feel fine, but it's just like, I'm, 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 I don't think I'm doing the best work I could possibly do. I think I'm doing okay, but I, I feel like I'm running at about 70% capacity and other people probably don't notice it, but I can feel, I didn't just feel it. Like I'm not as creative. I'm not as quick with things. Um, I don't think I'm solving problems as well as I could. And even just like less energy, that sort of thing. So do you, uh, does your burnout come from just repetitive doing it over and over again? Like I'm saying like multiple days back to back to back. And the reason I ask because I think about my burnout and I think my burnouts legitimately come when I have like loss after loss after loss and I'll hit like 12th loss in a row and I'll be like, F this, like <laughs> this sucks. Like I'm just burnt out from this crap. But I wasn't sure. Yeah, honestly, I'm not. I'm not super. Like, this is the first time I'm ever, I've ever hit like a hard burnout in something that I've been like working on. Um, I've hit like burnout in like sports before, and then it's like, okay, you take two to three days off, and then you're good to go again. Um, and I think that's just like repetitive, and your body gets worn down, and mentally you have to be so dialed in. But for work, I'm not. I'm not really sure because like I haven't had any like major like setbacks like over and over. But it might just be like the same thing day in and day out I'm, I'm not quite i'm like trying to figure that out right now that's why i texted you and i was like i need to take a vacation because i'm not really sure like what to do i've never had this so it, it's kind of interesting and it like when i get done for the day like I, I don't really i don't think about it but i can feel it like midday that sort of thing i'm just like i'm dragging like i i should be clicking on all cylinders and i feel like i'm not it's an intangible thing that i i can feel more than i can actually like express if that makes sense Gotcha. Do you have any advice on how to avoid a burnout? Like what, like steps leading up to like, you feel like it right now. What are you doing to like, be like, all right, like stick with it, relax, take a mini vacation, I guess, like to avoid it. Yeah. And it's, yeah. That's, I think that's a really good question. Um, 
First off, if I fucking knew that, I wouldn't be. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just giving you shit. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I, I wish I knew that. Yeah. Um, but, like, two things that I have done recently. I think, one, like, you have to feel, like, really connected to what you do. Like, if you're not passionate about whatever it is, like, whether it's sports or projects or hobbies, like, it's really tough to put in, like, 12, 14, 16-hour days back to back to back. Because, like, I can do that all day, every day for things that I'm just, like, obsessively passionate about but i think once that strays from like what you're connected to then it, it gets harder to do that so the first thing is like staying st aligning with those passions or the things that you like really care about and i i understand that for people in jobs or whatever you're doing like a lot of people don't have that option because it's like you're going to be put on this project or this proposal and you have to do it the second thing is what i've noticed that's helped me and it's it's weird because like my burnout, I don't feel stressed or anything. I just feel like I'm not operating at full capacity. So it's not like, oh, I need to relieve stress or anything like that, where I think that is the case for some people. But mine has been giving back um, and not in the sense of like, oh, giving money back, but like doing so doing things for other people. Because if I'm putting in 14, 16 hour days every single day, back to back to back, I think I get really consumed in like a mindset of just like, me 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 like all i need to focus on is me and like i don't need to think about anything else that's going on and although that's the case and like that's a great case for like getting yourself to a starting point and focusing on yourself and getting things taken care of i got separated from the things that i really care about like volunteering and giving back to to certain groups of people and people that are less fortunate and once i started doing that again like my week feels i can work a 12 14 16 hour day a lot easier because i feel like i'm not just putting all my effort into myself, then I'm actively putting effort into lifting other people up. Um, and that just might be a mental thing, but that's helped me immensely. So now every single weekend, cause I went from volunteering like once every other week to once or twice per week, just because like, e even if I was adding eight hours to every week or 10 hours to every week with that work, it was making my week immensely better. And I don't really know how to explain that, but that helped me like get away from just like, oh, I'm only focusing on myself to I'm doing something to help other people. Yeah, that makes sense. Bobby, I don't know if you've really experienced it or Joey, but I, you, I, I'd be actually curious on if you have. Joey, have you? I haven't had a huge burnout. I feel like with our busy season, it's a lot. But the fact that I can prepare for when I know I'm going to be busy, I can kind of accept my fate for a little bit. And I know that there's light at the end of the tunnel and to some extent. So I feel like that being able to prepare for it kind of helps you not burn out as much. However, those, I wouldn't say I've hit a burnout, but there have been some weeks uh, like out of busy season that have gotten really, really long. And it's just, it's kind of tough, but I don't know. I haven't, I don't think I've kind of faced as much as Brady's feeling right now. I think I only face it in like specific areas of my life. So it's not a whole burnout. Yeah, that's and that's 100% where I am right now too. Yes. Like everything outside of my my work, like I'm totally fine. It's just my like work that I'm doing. So this week I actually hit burnout in real estate because one of the stupid buildings we own is just so freaking stupid. Last week when it was freezing cold, furnace blows out right? Just does a number on the building. I have to sit there every day. I had to go buy some heaters and just hook them up to the wall and try to just blow it around the room so people could stay warm while we were working on getting it fixed. And I'm okay with that. Like at that point, I felt no burnout. So this is like last Thursday. And then Saturday, we have an actual furnace guy comes in. He claims he fixes it. 
six hours later, just like blows up pretty much. Like the regulator froze, no gas going to the furnace, broke again. So at that point, I'm still like, you know what? Your job is to face challenges and just deal with it. Yesterday, you know, it's like zero degrees. I just sit up on the roof with a blow dryer to try to thaw out the stupid <laughs> regulator for multiple hours. And I'm thinking, this is just ridiculous. I'm missing out. I had to cancel meetings for Gomahi to sit on the roof with a blow dryer like a moron. <laughs> and I get it to work, and I'm like, booyah. This is great. I wake up this morning, and I get a text from a new tenant that has a different furnace saying, hey, it's set to 75 and it's 58 in my place. I go, oh, what the heck? It's a completely new furnace. And it's completely different. I show up. Regulator on that one's frozen. So I go, okay, I'm going to sit up there with a blow dryer. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm getting pretty sick of this. And at the end of the day today, furnace number three, one of the uh -oh. coils leaked some whatever antifreeze fluid. So that one blows out in the middle of one of the buildings. I was so blown out by it, I, I mentor some real estate agents, and since they're in the real estate world, they've been texting me all day, and I've just ignored every one of them because I want nothing to do with real estate. <laughs> <laughs> like I said at the beginning, I feel like you get burnt out when it's like back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back losses without a win in between because then it just becomes, I'm so frustrated, I can't handle this crap. Like I need to work on something else that I can control and somehow get some type of positive result from it. Is that, and is that how you deal with it? Cause I was yes. going to say, I want to follow up on that. It's like for, I think that happens to a lot of people. Like they hit a brick wall and they hit it six times and they're like, fuck this. I'm throwing in the towel. And that's where a lot of people stop when like, that's, you need to try that like one more time too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And by all means, like I definitely, I come back, mm -hmm. but like today, for example, was a very heavy go mahi day. Like I scheduled meetings all day long. I just really worked on things I could control. I completed some tasks that really needed to be done that I could like send out to other employees and be like, this is done. You can move forward. We're good to go. So now at least I feel like I have control again going into tomorrow when something horrible will probably happen because it's going to snow. I think it kind of leads into your question, Brady, if we want to keep going on that. Yeah, let's do it. My question is, when or how do you decide when it's time to quote-unquote quit or move on from a given topic, hobby, opportunity, relationship, and literally anything in life that you're working on, working towards building? When do you decide that it's time to, to stop and move on, and when do you decide I should keep going at this? You kind of touched on it earlier, but I think it's just when you've lost your love for it and your passion for it because you're not going to be giving that same effort that you were giving when you first started on it i don't know if it's from a burnout or whatever but if you just lose interest it's there's no point of like keep going unless you can find some way to get that interest back but i think it's just time to move on to the next thing and this kind of goes with what bobby was saying towards me is that i think when you do lose interest in something you for a job, for instance, like I can stick with my job right now and I can still do things on the side that I think I might be passionate about and keep experimenting and finding new things that I might like while I'm still at my job where I'm making money and doing whatever on the side and being like, okay, maybe I do like this. Maybe I can apply for a job in this sense and go from there and see how it goes. So I'm actually going to say, based on what Brandon just said, I would recommend to everyone to do the 
opposite of that. Like, I agree. I definitely agree that you need to pursue your passions. But I think if you're quitting on things just because you lose interest in it, I think that's just wrong. And then you'll never truly succeed at anything. I look at starting a business. We'll just use starting a business as an example. The beginning where you come up with the idea and you actually create something is fun as hell. Like, it's super fun. You have a ton of momentum. You're amped. And there's like this middle ground of multiple years that it just sucks. And you're just stuck in like the mud pit every single day. There's a very little progress. And you're just like, what am I doing? I'm an entrepreneur. I just want to build companies. And I'm sitting here working on this freaking marketing thing. It doesn't interest you. But the thing is like, you should know going into it, you're so passionate about what you're creating and that there's going to be rough times that suck. And you can't quit on those rough times just because you lose interest in it. Three years ago, I would say, I would have a very similar outlook as what Brandon just suggested. I really would. And I think that's why I created a bunch of companies in college and either sold them very quickly or bailed when things weren't going right. I still remember when I sat, sat down with our good friend Greg Frankenfield and he just absolutely crapped all over me in front of like 200 people. He legitimately just sat there and looked at me and he goes, there's probably 200 people in this room. They're all his employees. He sits me down and he just starts screaming at me going like, you're a fucking idiot. You dumbass. You can't commit to anything in the world. You lose interest right away when things get tough, blah, 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 blah. Nowadays, I actually don't believe in quitting on anything. Now, because I believe everything that I'm doing right now is truly what I'm passionate about. I believe that I can pivot. There's a difference between quitting and pivoting. And I strongly believe in the pivot. I believe my entire life at the moment has a vision. And my life vision <laughs> is to change the world of education. And I'm doing that through Gomahi. I'm doing it through what I believe my social media presence is. I believe we're doing it through educating entrepreneurs. That is my vision. There are definitely going to be a lot of times that educating entrepreneurs is straight up wrong. Gomahi is just heading down the wrong path. Nothing's working for either of them. But I will pivot along that same vision. It might look completely different, but it's following that same vision to my end goal, if that makes sense. So in some people's mind, it might look like a, you're quitting something, but I will never quit this idea or this vision that I have. That makes sense. I think I was just saying mine in the sense of, yeah, probably the first part that I started off with was do the opposite of that. But as far as like already having a job, it's easier in that sense to just say, okay, I'm not interested in this. I'm going to move on to the next thing and see what else I'm passionate about while I have the time and the money to do so. Well, yeah. And this is actually why I want to bring it up too, is because I think, I don't think there's like a one size fits all. Like Bobby, I think you're right. And like, there's going to be times when you have to go through like that shit ground in the middle. And there are other times when you have to realize like maybe this exactly what Brandon said is like, maybe this isn't what I like need to be doing or want to be doing anymore. And I think that's on a case to case basis. It shouldn't be looked at as like in every situation, here's your format. It's kind of why I was interested is because I think it presents itself differently and in, in given the situation that you're in. What is your thought, Joey? It's a combination of one, when you stop love what you're doing to when you're not either bringing value to yourself or to other people. And three, when you're not 
becoming a better person in some sort of way. So it's a combination of all three of those, but I think the biggest one is when you stop delivering value to others or yourself, whatever the goal was, then it's not really worth it anymore. I agree with you, Bobby. There are some instances where things can be saved and you can you can make a pivot, you can make a slight change and, and go in a slightly different direction, but there are times when it's just like, nope, this is this is it. I mean, I'm not not creating value. I honestly I mean, I can't see a different way out and uh, this just has stopped. I gotta move on. I think you said that really well. And it might not be the way to look at it as in like something I thought you might come back with, Bobby, is like you should never feel like that's the only way out. You should always feel like there's a way to pivot. You should always feel like there's a way that you can slightly change what's going on and still move forward. And I believe like in my mind, and this is why I think you said it so well, I believe when you're following a vision, ultimately you're really trying to accomplish something right and you're trying to travel down this vision to really get anywhere to like a more successful place than where you are now I'm trying to think of how to say what you were saying why I think it was so good I'm just thinking like you're just really not going to get anywhere if you have a big vision but you're not solving a person's problem if you're not solving problem you're never going to be given the ability to implement the grand vision and that's why I think you said it so well because if you have a vision and you can't implement it, then you should pivot or quit that thing because it is a worthless life vision. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think bringing value to people, that's what makes it a vision worth pursuing. Brady, what is your opinion? I like what Joey, like Joey said about value, bringing value to other people and to yourself. I, I think of bringing value to yourself as learning. So I think like two and three go together, but I think inherently that's, that's a lot of what it is. And honestly, the reason I brought this up is because I think, especially for entrepreneurs, but for anyone in general, is I think we're taught this mindset our whole lives to like never, never quit, never give up. Like that's our society's thing is like you should never give up because it's a failure if you do. But I think it's just as big and someone can push back on me if they don't agree with this. But I think it's just as big of a negative characteristic to have is to not know when to quit than knowing how to quit. Like I think that's a huge positive thing because like entrepreneurship you could I think people get sucked into the idea of like I know this is a good idea and it's my baby so I don't ever want to drop it off like I know this is smart and you end up wasting months years of your life and tons of money over something that you should have like stepped back and looked and said like this is time to quit but I think there are other times when you need to say like no this is like I can pivot this or this is bringing value I'm just doing it incorrectly and I think like knowing how to do both of those is immensely valuable because if you get stuck on either side of that and like, oh, I'm never going to quit anything or I'm going to quit every time something uh, hurdle comes up, like on both of those paths, you're never going to get anywhere. So I think it's like really interesting because I think a lot of times we think of it as like, you should never quit. You should never give up, whatever. But I think it can be just as big of a downfall to say like, I'm going to keep pushing this as long as I can just because I like, I don't want to quit on it. And that's kind of my take on it. I, I think I have like, honestly, a blend of all three of yours because Brandon, I agree with you that like, when you're not passionate about something, then it might be time to move on. But I definitely like, I resonate with Bobby in the fact that I think you have to look at what your end goal is. So like, yeah, you're going to hit that shit patch in the middle. But if you know you're still on the, the trajectory to hit that end goal that you want, like that's what you have to keep in mind, regardless of like the situation that you're in right now. So like, 
Brandon, what you're doing right now, and this isn't like you in particular, I'm just saying like anybody, like if what you're doing right now, you don't like, you don't think it's going to get to where you want to be in five or 10 years, then like maybe it's time to either think about like, I need to start doing this differently or I need to start doing something else. But if you're in a space where you're like, wow, I'm in a really, like I'm in a tough place right now. It's brutal. I know it's going to be brutal for six months, but I know this is going to get me on the trajectory to where we want, where I want to be in three years, five years, 10 years. And I know Bobby, we've talked about this a bunch of times, but like, then those are the times when like you need to stick it out. Like you have to be able to see that larger vision versus just giving up every time something gets tough. But I, I, I think there's a thousand different ways about that. And do you actually think people fall through with this societal idea of you can't give up? I actually feel like society gives up way more now. Like they try something for two months and things aren't working and they quit. I feel like our society is so focused on instant gratification that they don't put in any of the necessary time to actually get the results that they could get if they actually committed to something for the long haul. Yep. And I agree with that. I wasn't saying that's what people do, but like, think of your whole life up till this or like up till you were 16. What did people tell you? Like when something failed, like don't quit, like don't stop doing it. Don't give up. Like, I I agree with you that I think we're in a terrible position of like, I've been here three months or I've tried this for two weeks and it's not working. So I'm going to stop. People don't want to go through tough times. People want instant gratification at all times. But I was just saying strictly from a perspective of, I mean, at least for me, and I, I, I'm guessing it's the same case for, for most people out there is anytime something went wrong, like you would never tell a kid like, okay, it's time, like, yep, it's time to give up. Like it's always don't give up, don't quit, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? or do you No, I, I agree with it. I, okay. I definitely agree that's with that being preached. Yeah. I'm just yep. curious how much of it you actually think people listen to or follow through on or yeah. I mean, so I, I've definitely seen it. Um, I've definitely seen people taking things way, way too long, like running them out way farther than what they should have. But I agree with you that I think that's the minority of people. I think the majority quit when things get hard. And it's I guess hard. it's so situational. Yeah, but, it, but it's, fine. it's finding that balance too, right? But, yeah. and I don't know how to, how to do that, how to go about that. But it was just, I was really interested about it because I've been reading a lot about it. So just hopefully people are self-aware enough to know what situation they're in. And if they should quit or they should push through. <laughs> Seriously, self-awareness. Like, I mean, self-awareness and like knowing where you want to be and what that bigger picture is for you. I think the problem is I think a lot of people, and I could be wrong on this too. I think a lot of people don't have that bigger picture. We've, t- I think we've talked about it a thousand times and that's why we stress it so much is like, you need to know, you don't have to know exactly where you want to be, but you have to know like what you're aiming towards in five years. Definitely. If, you, if you don't know what you're aiming towards in five years, 10 years, like, yeah, it's really easy to give up because there's nothing to lose. Like you don't have a trajectory. Wherever you end up is where you end up. And I also believe, I mean, Brandon, I always use you because you're kind of our guinea pig and I love you to death and you take it so well. And I'm curious what your take is on it. Like I actually believe if, for example, Brandon envisioned more clearly where he wanted to be in five to 10 years, I think he'd make changes in what he does. I actually think the reason why... I make the decisions I make every day or risk the things that I risk every day is because I so clearly see what I want to be in five years. I can't even imagine making a decision today that could possibly hinder that outcome in five years. Like I never ever want to make a decision today that could affect 
my long-term goals in the negative. I actually think a lot of people make life decisions that ultimately dampen or put a damper on their overall outcome in 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's just because I don't think they see the vision. I agree. I think that's a really, really good point. And the fact of you probably find it very easy to quit things that need to be quit and also take things like stick through the tough times. Because like, if you're doing something that's taking away from that five-year vision, you're going to cut it out right away, you know? But on the other hand, like if you're going through a shit time, regardless of what it is, if you know it's going to get you to that five-year vision, you're going to stick with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like a perfect way to put it. It's like you have such a clear picture of what that is. It makes it easier to know how to do and when to stop and when to start on things. And that's just my perspective. I don't, I don't know if that's... Yeah, same. I mean, for me, I'm changing out of this now, but I am someone that kind of needs to be pushed like, hey we're doing this now. And I think that's how I started off like my job. And I was like, okay, like I'll be here for a year. And then they're going to say, Oh, Hey, management positions open. Like you're up for it. Like it's not like that, obviously. And I think I am finally realizing like, okay, I have to actually do something about it. And I think that's where before I was like, kind of just like hating my job because I was like, okay, like when are they going to approach me about doing this? And now I'm like, all right, I have to go talk to this person, talk to this person, make this happen. And now I'm getting more of a vision of where I can be and the steps that I have to take to get there. And it's getting a little more exciting and enjoyable because I'm like, all right, like this stuff that I'm learning is actually going to be like fun. And like, I'm going to actually feel like I'm contributing to what I'm doing instead of just sitting there and going through the motions of getting through the day. And I think that's what is kind of, making me like it a little bit more and wanting to keep pushing on that. That's awesome. And then getting to that point and seeing if I actually like it. But I mean, I just think people should listen to you and just like understand it's just real life. When you have a vision and you start taking action on that vision, you're just happier. Yeah. You just enjoy your job more. You enjoy your life more. You have more purpose. Going to work every day without a vision, you're just going to work to go to work to get that paycheck and get back home. Like, that sucks. Yeah. yeah, like, now that I've started doing that, I'm like, all right, like, I wake up, I'm like, all right, I get to do this and this today, and that's going to help me move forward. And before I woke up, and I'm like, holy crap, I could just easily call in sick and just lay in bed, and the day would go on. I think one part of that is, is vision, and other people can chime in too, but I think another part of what I hear from you, and this is, like, one thing that I think is so prevalent and is such a big difference maker is that idea of like helplessness versus like I have the responsibility and the power to do whatever I want to do. So I think like probably whatever, like the position you were in before, like Bobby rides you every single day about like getting out of it and that you're in a shit position, like, and this could go for anybody, but like, again, we're just talking about you and <laughs> sorry, sorry to, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a great way. I was like, you, I think maybe six months ago, you saw it as like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Like, this is the job I have. Like, I can't tell my man, like, I can't do anything to make my manager want to promote me. I can't move to another position. I can't get like another job if I want to leave tomorrow. Like, that was just your mindset of it. And it's like that helplessness that I think boxes a lot of people in and makes them think like, I'm not going to get to that vision. I can't get to that vision because like, whatever happens to me is outside my own fate. It's just fate. And it's not me making decisions. And I think once you take that route of, I think I don't think self-empowerment is the right word, but the responsibility of I can make the action and make whatever I want happen, but I have the power to do so and I need to do so that like what my my future is going to be 
based on what I do, not what, what happens to me, if for, that makes sense. For sure. And there's so many of the other people, and this isn't you, Brandon, but they're... Just and keep saying that. Brandon, legitimately, the reason why I feel like it's important to bring up your situation is because 90% of the listeners can relate to you. Like, that's just the truth. So they're going to learn the most from your experience. But I do believe you never you never did this, but I also believe going down Brady's train of thought, so many people play the blame game where it's like, my boss sucks. That's why I can never get up to this position because my boss blows. My manager, oh my gosh, he's just the worst. He doesn't give me an opportunity. This project went to crap because that company I work with was just horrible. It's never like on you. And I actually, I can't even imagine what life would feel like if you never felt like anything was on you. That would just be so overwhelming. The fact that I blame myself for everything like even when a furnace goes out, the reason why I get burnt out is because I go, that's my fault. That's my furnace. Like there's no other person's like to blame for that than me. Like I go up to everyone and I say, I'm really sorry that your furnace went out. That's my bad. I'm going to go get you a gift card. Like that's my fault completely. But like mm-hmm. that feels good to actually have control and having control allows you to do things that push you further and push you higher. I, I really think push you beyond what most people believe is even possible because they now have control to do whatever the heck they want. And it's all mindset. All mindset. Joey, do you have like a do you have like a five year plan or a ten year plan or anything like that? I think I've talked about this on this podcast before that or maybe it was just one of our random conversations together. I don't know, they're all the same. So <laughs> I'm I'm not really great at those five-year, 10-year plans. And I'm kind of going exactly where you guys were saying that you shouldn't go, you know? It's like going kind of where the wind takes you almost. And um, doing, trying things. And I've identified things that, I mean, I'm, I'm putting myself in what I believe to be good positions to have a very versatile future. And I'm figuring out what I, what I want to do, what I don't want to do. And I'm making that pivot. I started out doing a certain service line for the first year and I made that pivot and I'm doing a different one and I really enjoy it a lot. And this could be a long-term thing, but I'm not sure right now. I don't really know what a five-year plan should be. I don't know how broad it should be. I don't know like if it what should be like, I want to be this person at this company or I want to be managing this amount of people. I guess I don't know where you should aim for a five-year goal. And that is a long and deep conversation. (laughs) Uh, So that might not be for today, but it it might be interesting to maybe think about this week. And uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Maybe think about it this week and then we can reconvene next week and talk about what we think a five-year, 10-year goal should be and what it should look like. I kind of like that. Yeah, and I kind of think we just go down the rabbit hole with that for a while. No, but like, I think there's think... a lot we can go... No, next week. I'm saying there's so yeah, much yeah. Yep. that we can go into, and I don't think we even need to prepare questions. I think we just need to naturally explore each other's lives to get a more in-depth look into how we handle this stuff. Yeah, no, I, I 100%. I wasn't saying no, that we should... I, I just meant like... If we have a week to think about this, I think we could have a, a really solid conversation about it. 
Definitely. Agreed. Quick wrap. Just make it real fast. My weekly wrap. Just got back from vacation. Started off the week slow. I need to turn it around. Um, I'm going to get going more on my stuff to get myself into account management more, do all those courses and stuff. So maybe start on a course tomorrow and Friday. Um, talk to my supervisor on Friday and get going on that. Uh, as far as EE, get that social media going more and uh, just wait for Bobby to call me out whenever he wants. Like I said before, I need a little push. So Bobby's my pusher. All right, I'll start doing it. But I got to try to avoid that. My wrap-up for the week, um, I was on vacation with this guy um, for the weekend. It was really fun. Um, it was a nice break from everything because I didn't just have a break in Hawaii. So um, <laughs> it was it was nice to get out there. It was a really uh, exciting end of the week and uh, beginning of the week here. I was actually assigned to lead a project for the first time. Usually I'm just on projects, which is great great learning experience but this week I got to lead my first project on by myself and uh, it was really exciting um, to be honest I kind of lucked out it was a really pretty good company I was doing my project for so there weren't a lot of issues um, which I guess is good and bad for your first um, kind of experience right you don't get to learn as much but it goes a little smoother and it kind of eases you into things um, but I'm taking more of a uh, leadership role in my group, and uh, that's it's exciting. One of the questions that we didn't get to today that we're going to cover next week possibly talks about our biggest weakness, and it relates to kind of where I'm transitioning right now. And so I'm really excited to talk about that next week. Good for you. Yeah, that's awesome. That is a really, really cool opportunity. As we talked about today, been busy, but kind of kind of burnt out with, with work stuff, so been supplementing a lot of other things in a lot of volunteer type stuff and then kind of work outside of work which may or may not be helping but kind of gets my mind off it so really for me it's just been really busy and I'm trying to get kind of back on track and pumping it at a hundred percent instead of 70 to 75 so working through that EE update for everyone out there we're moving slower than we'd like to be I, I guess in my opinion but now we're we're getting a ramped up Brady and I had a nice long talk on Saturday, and we're going to start doing some data dumps to make sure we have a lot of seriously awesome content for you in our course. You can see the old Brando. He's he's still trying to learn social, so give him give him some time. He's going to keep plucking away. But actually, everyone, message Brandon. You'll find him on Instagram, Brandon Wilson. I don't know what his, his name is on there, but give him a little pick-me-up. Yeah, Joey. Joey will find it. DM him. I, I don't even care how harsh you are with them. Just push them a little bit. It's going to be great. All right, I got it. It's uh, Brandon.Wilson29. That's his Instagram name or yes. tag, whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> Sweet. So reach out to him. Maybe light a fire under his ass. He'd love it. That's pretty much the EE update for sure, I think. Am I missing anything in the EE world? Not no. really. But next week, oh, next week we're going to have an update for you. It's going to be pretty sweet pumped i'm ready brandon big podcast wrap up thank you everyone for listening like bobby said big week next week big things coming look forward to that connect with us on everything as usual remember brandon.wilson29 on instagram <laughs> facebook instagram linkedin twitter 
find us there. Give us a shout out. Let us know how we did. Let us know if you guys have anything for us to talk about. Maybe we can get some of you guys on the show. Who knows? Possibilities are endless. Thanks.